Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 764 of the Juicebox Podcast. What's up, everybody? Today on the podcast, I'm going to be speaking with Irene. She's the mother of a child with type 1 diabetes. I think she's got like a thousand kids or something, like so many kids. And she's also a registered nurse. Uh, I looked back at the notes that she sent me before we recorded, and I got to be honest with you, I don't know if this is the stuff we talked about or not. All I know for certain is that I had a good time talking to Irene, and that is always, always a good sign for the episode. While you're listening today, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you are a U.S. resident and you want to help people with type 1 diabetes, you can do that right now uh, while you're sitting on your butt. Go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. Join the registry. Fill out the survey completely. Fill it out completely. And you've done just that. It only takes a few minutes, and it's completely easy to do. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. The podcast is also sponsored today by Touched by Type 1. Head to touchedbytype1.org or find them on Instagram or Facebook. Why am I saying or? Do all three. Go to touchedbytype1.org, find them on Facebook, and find them on Instagram, and then follow them and see what they're up to. My name is Irene. I am a mother of six. Um, my fourth child, who's my oldest son, is our T1D. And um, I'm also a registered nurse. Okay. Now, you listen to this podcast? I do. I um, found the podcast. Let's see. He was diagnosed late December 2019. And I found the podcast probably like two to three weeks later um, and started listening to it on my drive to and from work. So the reason I asked is because when you told me you had six kids, in your mind, were you like, he's going to ask me? Oh, why he's going to have a field day kids? with yeah, this. I, I just, I don't even, first of all, did you find some of them? Are they rented? Did you adopt them? Like, or they all came, I, I don't want to be indelicate, but did they all come through your birthday? Did canal? they all come out of my business? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so five out of the six did. Um, my oldest daughter is 20 years old. She, um, is my biological child from my uh, irresponsible college days. <laughs> um, Does she know that? I guess she does now, but... Um. Yes. <laughs> no, she knows it. We're very, like, open discussion okay. about things. So we're going to call... Um, I, have, I have one through six listed in front of me. So I'm just going to call yes. number one kegger, and then... Number one kegger. <laughs> and then... Um, <laughs> and, but she, she's uh, only D 20. DC party clubs. Oh my <laughs> um, gosh. Yeah, she's she's 20 years old. How old are they in order? 20, then what? 14. Okay. Um, and she is not biologically mine. She's biologically my husband's. Okay. Um, from a previous relationship that he had. 
And we married almost 13 years ago. And then we have four children together. I'm getting it. And so um, then there's a 10-year-old girl mm-hmm. and a seven-year-old boy. And that's James. He's, He's um, our two. kiddo with type one. Okay. Um, and then the next boy is about to turn six in three weeks. Okay. Um, and he has some other health issues that were diagnosed right around when James was diagnosed. So we just had our, our whole world turned upside down. Hmm. Um, and then there is the baby who is not really a baby anymore. He's um, two and a half. And at the time that both of his older brothers were being diagnosed, he was about two and a half, three months old. Yes. Yeah, so all this happened around three years ago. Is that right? Yeah. We're like right around like the two and a half, um, year mark okay. from our diagnosis okay i think i understand <laughs> and when at what point in this story did your vagina fall off was it just <laughs> recently like <laughs> so it was after the sixth baby yeah. and um and i i actually had um I was like actually did have complications and well yeah irene <laughs> I know, I know. And we don't live in Utah. And we're, we're not uh, we're not practicing Roman Catholics. Did you hear it? Did you hear it hit the floor? Did it get caught in your pant leg or what happened exactly? That's terrible. I'm sorry. That's so many. No, babies. you're fine. You're fine. No, but it's funny because the baby was born in September and I was four days post-surgery, like GYN surgery, when I was sitting on the couch with my husband one night. As James, who was never much of an eater, told us that he had finished his dinner, finished his brother's dinner. He was still hungry and mid-sentence ran for the bathroom again. And I was like, oh, my God, he has diabetes. Because you're a nurse and you knew. <laughs> and I was like, and we had just been talking about, we had noticed the the frequent urination for several weeks. But he had kind of had like other, he had just started kindergarten. He had had kind of other, like, I don't like the bathroom at school. And I was like, oh, he holds it all day. And then he's got to come home and go to the bathroom. And when he was falling asleep on the kitchen floor, I was like, oh, full day kindergarten is such a big transition. And there's a new baby. And there's um, our other son had just been diagnosed with all these neurological conditions. And we were doing all this PT and OT and speech. And so I like every other parent, right? I had all these other explanations. Mm. And then we, um, we just, you know, kind of slowed down. We were on Christmas break and we did, we had this night where I was like, this is not kindergarten transition. His pants are falling off of him. He can't like finish putting his hot wheel tracks together without running to the bathroom our oldest daughter had made a comment like, do you know he ate a whole box of Nutri-Grain bars today? And we just started talking about like how often he was refilling his water bottle. And my husband was like, Hey, you know, he started wetting the bed. I work night shifts. Yeah. My husband was like a couple of times. He's like wet the bed in the middle of the night. And I was like, Oh God, it was a Saturday night. I was like, we cannot wait till Monday. We got to go. Right. When the um, hell do you people have sex? I don't even understand <laughs> I can't, I mean, this story is fascinating, but if you work the night shift, I can't figure out the rest of it. I just, I'm, I'm looking here, 20, 14, 10, 7, 6, 2 and a half, you're on the night shift. I don't know what's going on. You guys meet in a parking lot at a Denny's on your break? What do you do? 
Just, just tell me real quick. Is it as he's going to work? Just, I just want to know when it happens, and then we'll get past it. I promise. <laughs> so, uh, I work twelve-hour night shifts, so I work three or four nights a week, which means I am home some nights a week. But my husband also works. Um, he works split shifts, so he's out the door at five a.m. He's home by nine thirty for a portion of the day, and then he's back out the door at one o'clock in the afternoon, and he's home by 4 30 you just figure it out uh, fine i'm gonna get a clock and a chart and a graph and i'm gonna figure out exactly when all these children were made um i mean i'm so sorry because before we started record, before we start before we started recording i made you put on the headphones that now i hate <laughs> so, you're fine i'll get rid of them I'm sorry all right is that you have to let them switch back over are you there Hello. Did that work? Yeah, you're there. He just took us. He just okay. had to switch back to the computer. That's all. Um, it they were great, except as you spoke, it was weird. As you spoke in longer sentences, your voice faded away. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I was like, ah, damn. And um, all right. How old are you? I'm forty. Wow, it's a lot of living, Irene. Hold on. <laughs> You feel tired? Are you tired all the time? <laughs> um, sometimes I am really tired. <laughs> How do you manage? So my, mm, this is interesting. So your oldest obviously isn't um, in need constantly of things. It's probably college age, right? Yeah, she is. Um, she's a, she's in her second year of college, but she actually has junior standing because she's, she's a real go getter and took like every AP course she could in high school. So oh, cool. she uh, entered her first year of college. Actually, um, she was a sophomore by the end of her first semester. When you drop off your baby to college that you made in college, is the last <laughs> thing you say to her, please, for the love of God, do not come home pregnant? pregnant. <laughs> um, so <laughs> she spent her first year of college, fortunately, um, virtual at oh. her grandparents. <laughs> Okay. Because of COVID. And then, yeah, when we uh, took her in the fall, I, I was like, you have to remember, like, sometimes we make bad decisions when we're not really an adult. And then we have to decide how to take responsibility for those. And then one day we have to drive it to college. So please be careful. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Um, and she did not love campus life. So... Mm -hmm. She spent a semester um, on a campus in Pennsylvania and then was like, yeah, I just, I want to come home. I, this isn't for me. So she's, she's actually back home and um, going to a great university that is local to us. Oh, good. And that explains why you and I are getting along so well. <clears throat> right. <laughs> we grew up in the same place. Yeah. Yeah. There are people listening right now that are horrified that we're making fun of your child like this. And no, they, no. they don't understand. You should live here. It's all fine. Right. <laughs> and it's it's always been a, an open conversation. I mean, like age appropriate, but it's sure. always been an open conversation because how do you how do you not mm -hmm. give your children the truth? Like my husband is adopted, it's a closed adoption, but his parents have always been open with him about it like it was never this big shocking revelation yeah. for him well being serious if you were uptight about it i would take that as an indication that you hadn't dealt with it well like that you're so loose about it i i don't take <laughs> anything that you have said seriously about right. this, you know in the last 10 minutes i mean you're if, if you are serious about any of the things that we've said about your oldest <laughs> 
you're a psychopath. <laughs> so, and, and so I don't believe you are. And I hope people understand no. we're joking, but um, nevertheless. Okay. So are there any other autoimmune issues in the family? So I have one cousin on my dad's side who has Graves disease. That's the only autoimmune that I know of. Okay. Um, and then um, other than that, like there's a lot of asthma and allergy, which isn't like truly thought of as autoimmune, but it does have the whole inflammation kind of mm-hmm. component to it. That's how I um, think of it. Yeah. Okay. And then in your regular, I'm sorry, in your family proper, you said um, James' younger brother has something, but it's not it's not autoimmune. It's not autoimmune. He has something called periventricular leukomalacia. Why does he have that? Like to test your spelling skills? Um, wait, go ahead. Try it again. Perio. Perry. Perry. Ventricular. Ventricular. I think this is heart related. Go ahead. No, no. leukomalacia. Luke. It's brain related. Oh my God. Hold on a second. Luke. It's abbreviated PVL. Just Google PVL. I found it. I found it. Found I I didn't spell any of the words right. And That's I still, okay. I still found it. Wow. Um, characterized by uh, death or damage of softening of white matter in the inner part of the brain. How does this, how do you learn about this? So, um, so as a baby, he had developmental delays and, um, you know, we just noticed that, you know, he's our, he was our fifth child. We just noticed that he wasn't doing things as soon as his siblings had, and he was just kind of behind in his milestones in general. And initially when he was really little, um, and we approached it with our pediatrician, they were like, oh, he's the fifth kid. Like you guys are just so intuitive and calm as parents. You're anticipating his needs. His siblings are anticipating, give him time, give him time. And, um, he wasn't catching up and, we reached a point a little bit after he turned one that I self-referred to uh, early intervention to start getting him assessed. And initially they just referred to this as like global developmental delays, but we started speech therapy. We started occupational therapy. We really weren't getting anywhere. So I kept pushing. This was like, something's not right. Something's not right. We got on multiple waiting lists to have him more formally evaluated by a developmental pediatrician or a neurologist. And unlike type 1 diabetes, it's not life-threatening. So you sit on wait lists for months, sometimes years. Um, And we um, were on a wait list with um, the developmental pediatrician that's associated with the hospital I work at. We were on a wait list with Children's National. We were on a wait list in Baltimore with Kennedy Krieger. We were on a wait list with UVA and we um, got off of UVA's wait list first. Um, so we went down to UVA and he was assessed and they actually diagnosed him with mild cerebral palsy with something called hypotonia, which is where his muscles are like loose or weak. And he just doesn't have stamina in his muscles. And they did uh, blood work and they did an MRI and the MRI is how they diagnosed the 
periventricular leukomalacia. Mm -hmm. They actually could see a brain injury that had been caused at some point by a lack of oxygen. And then that injury caused the periventricular leukomalacia. That leads to the cerebral palsy. That leads to the cerebral palsy and leads to the hypotonia and the learning disabilities and the ADHD and all the things that come with it. Wow. Well, that's a lot. And this is, Jesus, and that's happening as your son's being diagnosed with type one as well. Right. So baby was born early because I was having pregnancy complications. Baby was born mid-September. And then um, with a two-week-old infant, I drove the hour and a half down with my infant, with my, um, at that time, three-year-old child down to UVA to do this assessment. And then we were given all these diagnoses with the CP and the hypotonia and, um, and told, you know, he needs an MRI. He needs all this blood work. You need to see a genetics team. So we went home, we came back in November we did a ton of blood work, saw genetics. We went home. We went back in December to have the MRI because it had to be done under sedation with an anesthesiologist. Mm-hmm. And um, and then they called us two days later to give us um, the results of the MRI. And it was devastating. But at the same time, it opened doors because prior to that, our insurance company wouldn't cover any speech or OT or PT or anything because his um, diagnosis like didn't meet their inclusion criteria. So once we had this diagnosis, it opened up doors for getting him more care and support. Is is it a progressive issue or does it plateau? It is not progressive. Thank God. So it won't get worse. Um, his speech is actually with really intense speech therapy has improved. Um, he's really, he's in kindergarten this year. He's really flourished in kindergarten. Mm. Um, and then through occupational therapy, he's uses utensils now, which he like before. And I mean like a year and a half of occupational therapy, like he couldn't eat soup or if he wanted ice cream, like he would literally eat it with his hands because holding a spoon was too difficult. Um, He didn't really start dressing himself till this past summer. Like, um, so how many five-year-olds don't dress themselves? Like it was those type of things. And now he can get himself dressed and undressed. Like potty training was really late. So he's, he is flourishing. He's making tons of gains. It just takes him so much longer to get there and to do things. Sure. Wow. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, I, I was looking more about it and this just seems like it's such a random thing, right? Like the ways it can. And happen. yeah, yes, it's random. And um, nobody was looking at him for this because it most typically happens in premature babies mm-hmm. and he was not a premature baby. Um like prematurity is one of the highest respecters and he was a full term 10 pound baby. (laughs) Like, you know, nobody was like, Oh, um, and it was so frustrating at the time because as I'm sure you see, like the, like you can have mild to severe and what type of interventions you need can be vague and, some kids 
like develop a seizure order disorder. Some kids don't, some kids have the cerebral palsy, some kids don't. And so you don't know what you're really dealing with. You just have to get into it and deal with it day to day and kind of see what their lives look like and Mm. what happens. Okay. Wow. Um, I appreciate you sharing (laughs) that with me. Jeez. I, now I feel bad about making fun of your vagina earlier. No, um, you're <laughs> I mean, pretty used to it. Like, you know, I've had someone offer, like, looks at my shopping cart at Costco and they're like, what do you do? Like run a daycare? And I'm like, nope, this is just for my kids. And they're like, do you need me to buy you a television? Do you need a new hobby? Like, I will take anything. Thank you. <laughs> Would you like no. to babysit? I don't know you, but if you just picked <laughs> two of these kids and took them, that'd be amazing. Um, Okay, so now how do you – so we know how you saw the type 1. Um, right. Once you recognized it, do you take him right to the hospital? You go to a doctor? Which which did you do? No, it was a Saturday night. Um, two of our daughters were at sleepovers. You know, the youngest two boys were already in bed. So I explained to James, I was like, we have to go to the doctor tonight. Um, I didn't tell him – that I thought he had diabetes because he has no frame of reference for what diabetes is. And, and there was a part of me that was hoping that we were going to get there and I was going to embarrass myself and they were going to be like, Oh, silly mom. Like Hmm. he doesn't have diabetes. You're such a worry wart. He's got a urinary tract infection or something. So I explained it to my husband, but I did pack up, my breast pump and I packed clean underwear for James and myself. And I was like, I, we're getting admitted. I know what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and we, um, we left our, the hospital that's closest to us. I wouldn't take my worst enemy there. Um, so we, um, got on the highway. We were, well, we were just about to get on the highway when he had to stop and go to the bathroom again. So we stopped at a gas station, like right before you get on the interstate and begged this lady to let us use their bathroom. Um, And that's when I decided um, I work at a hospital that is a level one trauma center that has a pediatrics program. um, But we passed two other hospitals on the way there. And I, I just was like, I, I don't know if he's in DKA. I don't, know how bad his blood sugars are. So we went to a smaller hospital that is um, affiliated with the hospital I work for. And that I knew there are five hospitals in that healthcare system that if we went there and I was right, he would be a priority for placement into our pediatric unit. Mm -hmm. Um, And that they, I also knew that that emergency room had board certified pediatricians So I felt comfortable going there. Um, So we went there and we walked up to the um, like check-in desk and I just still couldn't quite bring myself to say it. And so I looked at this like registrar, this non-medical person. And, and I was like, yeah, my son is like urinating a lot. um, And, and I think he needs to see a doctor and the nurse looked up and she was like, come on back here. Um, and I, you know, she said, well, what's going on? And I said, I, I think, I think he has diabetes. And she was like, well, why do you think that? So I explained everything. And 
she um, grabbed one of their technicians to get uh, an AccuCheck before doing anything. And the meter just read high. Mm. And um, it's the one time in that like first space of time that I cried, I just started to cry. And um, the nurse just focused in on James and got his weight and his vital signs. And then she pulled out her insulin pump and showed it to him. And she said to him, guess what? I have diabetes too. Gvoke Hypopen has no visible needle and is a premixed auto-injector of glucagon for treatment of very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes ages 2 and above. Find out more. Go to gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. Gvoke shouldn't be used in patients with insulinoma or pheochromocytoma. Visit gvokeglucagon.com slash risk. If you're looking for community and support around your diabetes, I'd like to suggest to you that you find the Juicebox Podcast private Facebook group, which now has nearly 30,000 members in it. That's a lot of people who can offer you support, guidance, or just a, a shoulder to, you know, not cry on. We don't cry, but uh, some support that you might need sometimes. It's called Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. It's a private group. And all you need to do is answer a few questions to get in just to prove to the algorithm you're a real person, and then you're on your way. As a matter of fact, I'm talking to people in the group right now. This is what I said to them. Does anyone live near me and want to record ads for next week? I'm tired. And while we were chatting, I said, if anybody throws their name in here, I'll give them a shout out in the next episode's ads. So very quickly, who we got? Looks like Kelly... Elizabeth, Blue, Phil, Kristen, Dana, Brandy. Yes, you made it, Brandy. There was a cutoff. Cheyenne asked me to shout out her daughter, but then didn't tell me her daughter's name. So if you're Cheyenne's daughter and you're hearing this right now, your mom screwed up. Hold it against her all day. Who else? Uh, John and Mary Beth. Uh, Isabel didn't ask to be shouted out, but it's happening anywhere. This person says, I'm here for my shout out. Call me Professor Ellie. All right, Professor Ellie, you're in. Monica, Billy Joe thinks they missed the window. They'll be excited to see. They hear somebody from Brisbane. Is it Brisbane? L? Did I say it right? Anyway, you should check it out. Jump over. It's a great group of people. They're really lovely. Seriously. Um, you can't go wrong. It's absolutely free to be in. And you're going to see a ton of support there. Rebecca, Roxanne, Heather, Mike, Hannah, Scott, Denny, and Vera. Thank you for listening to the podcast and for being a part of the group on Facebook. Links in the show notes. Links at juiceboxpodcast.com to the sponsors and to the Facebook page. Let's get back to Irene. Guess what? I have diabetes too. And I was right about your age when I was diagnosed. And she was like, look at this cool thing. It's like having a computer in my pocket. And it was just, it, it was amazing to have someone right there who like understood yeah. and could say something to him that was so reassuring and wasn't frightening. Uh, Irene, I have to tell you, um, I hear a lot of these stories and 
made me upset telling yours. So um, <laughs> I sometimes I fly right through them, and I'm always surprised what's going to make me upset. Um, <laughs> this time it was the nurse having diabetes. I was like, that's a plot <laughs> twist right out of like a like a movie. <laughs> um, and uh, and now oh, now I'm upset. Hold on a second. Jeez. No, don't I, be upset. I, well, I held off crying until they took the baby back. I felt like I was I was really doing something back then. Um, I. Uh, I remember getting put into a little like waiting room and to call yeah. it a room was uh generous. It was basically It was a like, closet. Yeah, it was a closet with two chairs in it and a yeah. and, a, and a, a magazine. And um yeah. Yeah, I remember crying in that that hole and then falling asleep and then being woken up in the morning and you know, Arden's like like literally had it felt like she had tubes coming out of everywhere and wires yeah. and everything. Yeah. Um well, okay. So it, uh jeez. Oh, I'm I'm, no. supp- I'm supposed to be better at this, Irene. <laughs> no, <laughs> jeez. Um, sorry. Uh, oh, you're fine. <laughs> uh, I'm fine, except I can't find my next question because I'm suddenly <laughs> sitting in a hospital in Virginia. My kid's two years old, and I can't break away from it for some reason. Um, I, I, but I, I guess what I want to understand is that being a nurse, um, and 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 the mother of a newborn child, and someone who's seeing something with another child. Like when you find a quiet space after that, how do you prioritize things? So, you know, I think this speaks to like, I have kind of that like stoic, like compartmentalize. So, you know, we get him back into the ER, they start an IV, they draw his labs, they get IV fluids going. And I'm realizing, um, now my mistake in coming to this hospital and not driving another 25 minutes down the highway, because now he's going to have to be transported and I am not going to let him be separated from me. So I just went into problem solving mode and I like called my husband and I was like, he's got it. He's got diabetes there. Um, they're starting everything They're They're calling our hospital to get him a bed and we got to wait for his labs to figure out, does he go to the pediatric ICU or can he go to the floor and does he need the insulin drip? And I'm like, Oh my God, my car's here and we can't leave our car here, but I'm not putting him in an ambulance and driving without him. He'll be terrified. So fortunately we have family that's local and I'm like calling that family and, um, a nurse that actually used to work in the pediatric ICU at my hospital pops her head in and she was like, Oh my God, I thought it was you. And she like wraps her arms around me and she was like, we, we got you. And she took over James. She basically like kicked out the nurse that had been assigned to him. And I was like, Nope, he's my patient. Like I'm taking him. Um, so I just went into this like problem solving mode of, um, Thank God she was willing to hold my keys until a family member of mine like showed up there that night to retrieve my car so that I could go with James and the medics um, to the hospital and we didn't have to be separated. And I just was so laser focused on what do we need to do for James? How do we deal with logistics of this? How do we tell our older daughters um, how do I keep feeding the baby, even though I'm physically separated that there wasn't that moment until, um, 
we were home and um, we spent two nights in the hospital Mm -hmm. and my husband and I kind of traded back and forth. Um, And, and the moment of like realizing, like, I remember the endocrinologist coming in the next morning and being like, you're a nurse. So you get this. And I was like, stop. I, you're right. I'm a nurse. My entire background is adult critical care and um, wound care. I'm not a pediatric nurse. I am not, I've never worked in an endocrinology practice. And the diabetics I see are either in the ICU in crisis, and I can, I can manage the business out of your DKA. I can titrate your insulin drip. I can correct your electrolytes and then send you to the medical floor for them to finish getting you stable and get you discharged. And I can help you when you've gotten to the point that you have wounds or that you're recovering from an amputation because for whatever your barriers were, your A1Cs were high, your blood sugars were high and you have complications. I don't know the day-to-day in between. Right. And I remember saying to this endocrinologist, I want you to talk to me like I'm stupid because I have to do right by him. And all I can see in my head is the complications and all the adult patients I've taken care of who have been type one or type two, who haven't gotten what they needed. And now in their adulthood, they're facing all these complications. I was like, you have to talk to me like I'm stupid because that is the weight that I feel is like literally looking at this five-year-old's feet going, I have to protect his feet and looking at him and being like, oh my, oh my God, I, I have to do everything right for him so that he never winds up on dialysis. Yeah. Your whole perspective is from that, that area. Is, yeah. And yes. Well, that's really wonderful that you that you had the wherewithal in the moment to be like, no, no, no I, I don't understand any of this. Just like, <laughs> you start at step like, one and let's go. The part I understand is not fun. So right? um, no, it's not. It's not. Are there fun parts that you can tell me about? There aren't, by the way. <laughs> but you know, at least basics, right? And well, and and I have to say, our hospital and our endocrinology team, like they talk to us about pre-bolusing in the hospital. And we had conversations about like, ideally you're going to give him his insulin. And then 15 minutes later, he'll eat. If you're having problems with knowing how much he's going to eat or how much he's not going to eat, then, you know, we're going to give him half of his insulin. We're going to wait 10 to 15 minutes. He's going to eat. And then 20 minutes after he's eaten, you're going to carb count and figure out what insulin he's missing and give it to him again to make up for the carbs that aren't covered. So I feel like we got really in that sense, better education than a lot of other people did. Mm. Okay. And I got all the initial education and when they were like, okay, you guys are great to go home because he was not in DKA. I was like, Oh, Oh no, no, no. You're not sending us home. Tomorrow, you're going to do all this education again with my husband because I can teach him. But what if he has different questions that I didn't think to ask and I don't know the answer? And I was like, he needs his opportunity. I was like, because he is going to have to feel comfortable and safe 
because I, I leave at six o'clock at night and I don't get back until eight o'clock in the morning. And I got to know that they're okay. Right. You talked earlier about how you guys split up the time in the hospital and it's been stuck in my head since then. It's one of my least favorite things about parenting um, is that when you have multiple children at some it's so hard, yeah, at some point someone misses something. Yeah. And, and I just, I was insistent. I yeah. was like, you can't, you can't discharge James tonight solely because my husband has to have the same opportunity that I had. Right. Um, and we've always approached parenthood as team. Like it's not 50, 50, but it's, it's team. Um, and there's nothing that, um, well, you didn't have, to, say no. you didn't have, I'm sorry. you didn't have to make the decision that only one of you gets the information. Like we have something right. coming up in, um, in a number of months where, it's obviously not a health issue, but my son is going to graduate from college on the same weekend as Arden's senior prom. Oh, goodness. And his college is not near our home. Right. So we are literally trying to figure out how to, like, see Arden off to the prom and then get into a car and make a long drive and then pull ourselves together and get up in the morning and go to, like, Cole's graduation. Yeah. yeah. And it just, it's, you know, there's that one moment in the middle where you're talking about it at first and you go, we're not going to split up. Right. Like you're not going right. to stay with her for her prom. And I'm gonna, like, we can't do that. And we can't skip one of those things and tell either of them, Hey, I'm sorry. We can't see you at your prom because Cole's graduating because that makes sense. Right. Like if you had to make the decision, that does make sense in my head. Like he's graduating from yeah. college, but won't make sense to her and no, no, and, it won't. You know, and vice versa. So, and it's just a difficult thing as a parent to do. it's like when we um when we gave james (laughs) we gave him an old iphone that is not on a like cell plan like it's an old iphone that we're just connecting to the wi-fi for his dexcom right and our our second oldest daughter was like livid she was like he gets an iphone before i do I was like, he gets diabetes. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, like she and I, and, and she was, she was like 11, 12 years old. How does an 11, 12 year old understand? Like he gets finger sticks, he gets injections, he gets all this stuff. Like, and he, it's not like he's on TikTok or something like he's carrying in this. A, for, in, a 504, for, in a 504 meeting once, I had a teacher say, how am I supposed to explain to the other kids that she has a cell phone and they can't have one? And I said, tell them if they want to get diabetes, they can have a cell phone. Otherwise, they should probably shut up. Oh, I literally said to her, I said, well, if you would like for me to start checking your blood sugar six times a day yeah. and wear a Dexcom and I'll give you saline injections. And she was like, well, if that means I can have a phone. And I was like, that is the most insane thing you've ever said. Yeah. Well, I was like, we're not actually going to do that. I don't even know how you would afford to buy six people a phone. I know. I mean, there's a world like if these two kids say the first two are near dwells, there's a world where one day you might be buying eight cell phones a month. You're going you're gonna to need a job just for that. It's it's hand me downs. It's hand me downs, Scott. I even just mean like the service for them. I know. Well, you might have to um, incorporate. I'm, I'm, my <laughs> husband has this old school. We'll never give it up. This old school plan that he got when he was in college hmm. with uh, with a cell phone carrier, and we will never give this plan up because you can have you pay your base 
and then you can add up unlimited lines for five dollars a month. Five dollars. Wow. <laughs> That's how old this plan is. Are you guys still paying for minutes? <laughs> No, no, it was it was like when they first started rolling out like the unlimiteds. It's wow. it's insane. Like wow. and every once in a while when we wind up having contact with the company, they're like, oh, we should look at your plan. And then they look at it and they're like, oh, nobody has this plan anymore. You should never change your plan. We're like, we know. Okay, don't worry. We're not changing this. It's the only thing. It's Can I tell you something, kid? This is the only thing working out for us. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Um, have you considered having any of the other kids tested for antibodies for type one? So three of ours have done trial in that. Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, did you get good so results or two of the girls have done trial in that my oldest, um, has opted not to, and she was old enough that I completely let it be her decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but the next two girls, I, um, bribed them with chocolate to let me do trial net because we were able to do the at home finger prick. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I bribed them with multiple um chocolate bars. <laughs> I mean, whatever works. Yeah, yeah. And then um our middle son, our son who has the neurological concerns, um, we just did it with him um this past fall and he um had a Pokemon toy that he wanted and we ordered the Pokemon toy and waited till it arrived. And then like, you know, we're like, here's the toy, here's the kit. Like we get this tube filled and then we'll, then you get the toy. Um, And then our youngest is just, he turns two and a half in a couple of weeks Mm -hmm. and you have to be two and a half to do it. So we will, probably do it at some point in the next um year did you get results back or was this very we did so none of our three that have tested have any antibodies wow well that's yeah that's good news and for me it's been a peace of mind like when i see like so my middle son like recently was definitely having a growth spurt and the increase, like, I want something to drink. I want something to eat. I was able to be like, he didn't have antibodies. He's five years old, almost six. This is an appropriate time for a growth spurt. He's fine. It's okay. Um, and it's, it's given me a little bit of reassurance. Um, and I think if any of our kids did have antibodies, for me, it would have been like that opportunity to talk with our pediatrician about what's our plan for monitoring so that we catch this before we have to be admitted to the hospital, before we have blood sugars in the 700s, yeah. um, and that we can avoid that. I want to ask you um, about your management style, because if you sure. and your husband are not in the house at the same time, so let, let's set up some parameters first. Like, sure. Um, kid, your kid, your kid, James has had diabetes for two and a half years. Um, yes. How, uh, it sounds like he's using a CGM. Yes. A pump. Yeah. He's on the Omnipod dash. Okay. So um, we got home from the hospital. We had that JDRF bag of hope and i was like rifling through that backpack and i found a leaflet for dexcom and i was like what what is this like um 
I want to know about this. Because right. we were definitely finger sticking more than like in the hospital. It's called AC and HS before meals and at bedtime was. Um, and then that like 2 a.m. check that we're all told to do newly diagnosed. Well, we were definitely doing more than that. And I was blowing up our endo with like, I'm following what you told me. I'm carb counting. I'm giving correction. And his blood sugars are still 250, 300. This is not okay. Like we have to do something better than this. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just called Dexcom directly. Um, the, um, he was in the, um, it was like the Tuesday after he was diagnosed, right? He was diagnosed like late on a Saturday. It was like Tuesday morning. I'm on the phone with Dexcom and I'm like, this is my insurance. This is my kid. This is my endo. Like, I want this. How do I get it? Um, and I spoke to a Dexcom representative who was like, let me start researching your insurance. Let me reach out to your endo and get the scripts. They were like, this is not a problem. We'll get this figured out, whether it's going to be DME or pharmacy, hung up the phone with them, called my insurance company. And I was like, you better approve this. Like, <laughs> when that kid this calls you, now. I don't want to hear arguments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? I was like, you know, what's the criteria? Do I need a prior approval? Um, Cause I'm going to hang up the phone with you and then I'm going to call my endo. And um, right. our insurance was like, yeah, not a problem. It's under your pharmacy benefit. Um, they were like, you know, typically you need to have had hypoglycemic events. And I was like, he's five. He doesn't even know. He can't tell he's unaware. So I was able to then call my endo and, and be like, you need to tell my insurance company that my child is hypoglycemic unaware. And they were like, yeah, well, most five-year-olds are. And I was like, great. So I need, I need that script. <laughs> <laughs> Could they hear you winking through the phone? Do you think? Or yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, and we picked up our Dexcom at the CVS two days later. Wow. You made that happen. And That's for sure. And I just um, got on YouTube and I um, found a ton of videos of people putting them on. And I showed a couple of videos to my husband and I sought out videos specifically that were young children putting on a Dexcom. And so we showed James a couple of videos and we were like, all right, buddy, let's do it. And we put a Dexcom on. And the very next day we had our first um, appointment with one of the CDEs at the Indo's office. And we went in and um, she started like talking about all the foods that we should avoid. And I was like, nope, we're not doing that. <laughs> um, and I was like, I want to talk about a pump. And she was like, oh, oh no, no, no. You, you can't have a pump until he's been diagnosed for a year. And I was like, I'm going to stop you right there. I'm an ICU nurse. I'm familiar. I was like, I can finger stick all day long. I know how to give injections. I understand sliding scale. I understand correction. I was like, I also understand the importance of tight glycemic control mm -hmm. to prevent complications. I was like, I'm very familiar with insulin drips. She was like, well, insulin drips are regular insulin and he's on Lantus and Humalog. And I was like, it's still the principle of the matter that with a pump, I can have better control. We can turn things off, turn things on. We can make adjustments as needed. I was like, I'm going to get that pump. And she was like, well, let's talk about this thing. And she pulled out a Dexcom and I was like, yeah, it's on his butt already. We got like, that lady. <laughs> I was like, we've had it for 48 hours. Yeah, yeah. Here's his receiver. I was like, we're, we're done with that. We're moving on. Um, and she just was like, well, your doctor will never sign off on the pump. And I was like, okay, we'll see about that. 
so we left that appointment. We had an appointment a week later with a nutritionist. We went over carb counting again. And, and again, I looked at the nutritionist and I was like, how do I get the pump? She was like, oh, we don't usually do that for about a year. And then you have to go to this class and then you have to meet with the trainers and you have to do a saline trial. It was this whole Mm. like lengthy, lengthy process. Um, And I was like, this, there's got to be a way around this. There has to be a way around this. And um, we met with our endo. We made adjustments. We were getting better control. And then we met a different CDE. We were uh, maybe like a month out. We met a different CDE in our endo group who is a type one herself. And I was like, I want him on a pump. What do I have to do to get him on a pump? And she was like, I don't, I don't think there's any reason not to get him on a pump. She was like, you understand how to carb count. You understand how to finger stick. He's already on this um, you know, on the Dexcom, she was like, we just need to get you to the pump training class. And she was like, uh, it's held once a month. And unfortunately February's pump training class was actually yesterday. And she was like, but uh, we'll get you into the March, uh, pump training class. Mm-hmm. And at that point I was actually already listening to the podcast and had met a mom at our elementary school who also had a type one daughter who, um, was on the Omnipod and the Dexcom also. And I had researched, um, I wanted nothing to do with Medtronic. If we went with Medtronic, there would be a push to use their CGM. And we were using the Dexcom already and comfortable with it. So I was like, well, why would we change? Um, And and then I was comparing the T-Slim and the Omnipod. And I was like, the shortest tubing for this T-Slim is 24 inches. And this kid is only 36 inches tall. I was like, what do you do with 24 inches of tubing on a kid that's 36 inches tall? Like, I was like, we're going to have to like wrap him in it. Um, So I just, that like really made me lean towards the Omnipod. So beginning of March, we went to pump training um, and we had, we had him with us and we, had him like look at the T slim and look at the Omnipod and he held the T slim in his hand. And he was like, this is really heavy. Um, and he was like, I don't like this. Um, and he, he was interested in the Omnipod also. Um, and fortunately I had learned from this mom who was at our elementary school using the same endo that we use that we needed to go back to our endo and say, we want to train directly with the Omnipod rep and that the process would move a lot faster because the process through um, our like Indo's office and through our hospital would take us a month to two months to do. Oh, but, Um, but the, the Omnipod rep might have a shorter schedule. Yes. A much shorter schedule. So, the again, like the very next day, I was like, okay, my husband, myself, and my child were all in agreement that it's Omnipod. I went to Omnipod's website, I filled out their like intake form. We had met the rep. I uh, she had given me her cell phone number. I like text her, and I was like, Mona, we're we're settled. We want the Omnipod. Like, I filled everything out on your website. Can you please help us expedite as quickly as possible? Mm-hmm. 
we called our endo. We were like, we're sold. This is what we want. Um, we want to go with the rep and we want to skip the saline trial. We want to go right to insulin. Um, and again, it was that CDE that was a type one herself. That was like, not a problem. She was like, I think you guys are a great candidate to go straight to insulin. Like we'll get all the um, orders put in today. Do, do you think they thought that because you're a nurse or because of how assertive you were? And because I'm a pain in the ass. <laughs> well, hold on. <laughs> do you think she even believed that or did she just want to get rid of you? She's like, you know what? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Um, no, I think it was a little bit of both. I think it was you are a parent who is knowledgeable, who's done her research who's diligent for her child. And so we feel comfortable and did some of that maybe come out of being a nurse? Yeah, maybe a little bit, but is some of it that I'm just a persistent, a like persistent, you know, when I know what I want, it's what I want. And I go after it. Well, it's been clear Um, through this whole story that you just made everything happen that you wanted to happen. Like, um, you know? Yeah. I mean, I just, and it's, it's funny because I can't do it for myself, but I can do it for my kids. <laughs> like if it's me personally, like I'll, I'll back down. I'll be like, Oh, I don't want to bother that person. Really? But when it comes to my kids, like whether it's, you know, getting them accommodations for their IEPs or their five Oh fours or getting them the medical care they need, or, you know, any of those pieces, like, do not get in my way. <laughs> well, you remind me of of me because you know we just recently had to switch back to Edge Park for uh, Dexcom supplies, and you know they 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 act like we go. It's all set up. It's going to happen automatically. Right. Except then the year ends and they act like you've never bought these things before from them. Right. And then all right. of a sudden you're looking in the drawer and the piles going down and down and down. And I call them up and I'm like, what's going on? You know. Where are the yeah. where are the Dexcom supplies? <clears throat> oh well, we need prior authorization from the doctor. <clears throat> and I said, um, excuse me, <clears throat> I apologize. Um, I You're said, fine. I said, oh yeah, sure, great. She's been using it for like you know a decade or more, but let's act like it's never happened. Like, well, this is insurance for the year. We'll take care of it. I go okay, and then seven days later, I call back and I go, where are the Dexcom supplies? And then I, the person said the same thing to me. And I went, oh, no, 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 stop. I was like, no, that's the same. Like, you're literally speaking the same words that the last person said to me seven days ago. Yeah. You're never going to handle this. I'll take care of it. So <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm dying. Give me a second. <clears throat> this is the end. Um, one day I'm going to be right. One day I'm going to say this is the end. <laughs> And then you're just going to hear like a loud thump on a table and people are going to be like, oh, shit, he was right. It was the end. Um, so, um, so we better I, find Arden on Instagram. Let her know her dad's not doing yeah, so yeah. well. Call 911, sweetie. And by the way, don't look for Arden on Instagram. She doesn't no. like it when you do that. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she really. No. Here's what happens. She goes, is this one of your people requesting my account? <laughs> and I, I, I have I ha- having teenage daughters who also, like, I love sarcasm and have a sense of sarcasm. I, I can just imagine Arden being like, could you make these people leave me alone? Like, I don't get it. Who is this? Why are they bothering me? Um, like, did yes. you did you hear her on the show last year? I did. Yeah. I did. I just laughed mm-hmm. 
I just, I appreciated so much how there's this piece of her that is like, like, I don't know what the hell that is, dad. Like, that's your problem. Like, <laughs> I don't need to know these things. Cause, cause you take care of it for me. And, um, <laughs> my, like my oldest daughter is cause she's going to school locally and living at home has actually taken a job at the hospital. I, I work at mm-hmm. And it's funny because um, she'll be like, yeah, I'm, you know, like I met this person and, um, and she's like, they like really like you. And she's like looking at me like, it's so weird that people like you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Cause my job, my job now for the past several years is um, I'm not in the ICUs anymore. I, um, my job title is um, administrative director. It's like being, for lack of a better way to describe it, it's like being the charge nurse for the whole hospital. And, um, okay. So it's a, it's a visible position. It's a thousand bed hospital. And if somebody, whatever the problem is, a supply issue, a staffing issue, a a patient that has a concern, it's mine to deal with. I go to all of the, um, like emergencies, like, uh, a patient's having a change in status, uh, somebody has a respiratory or cardiac arrest. Like, so it's a very visible position. And so my you're around, now. people know you and yes. she's fascinated <laughs> by that because yeah, you're just the chucklehead and, that got pregnant in college to her. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, right. Who's, yeah. who's like done a pretty decent job pulling your life yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, no, no. By the way, I feel like that goes without saying, right? <laughs> that, <laughs> but um, but no, I, you know, please, it doesn't matter here. Like this, this podcast is listened to a, oh, like absolutely. far and wide. And I go downstairs and say something yeah. and they look at me like I've never had a good idea in my entire life. And there's no yes. reason why you would listen to me. And I'm yes, not saying yeah. I'm right all the time. I, I like, but you do sit there and you think, you know, a great many people at least pause and listen when I'm talking. Like they, they might not like, they might not, you might not listen to the podcast and go, wow, everything Scott just said was amazing. I'm going to go put it into action like that. I understand. But like, I'm, I'm, I'm literally sometimes treated like a person who's broken into the house. (laughs) Who's that? Why is he talking? I get it. it. Oh my God. Um, but my my point was going to be is that I it's funny we I coughed and we changed directions. Um, I know. But um, I basically told Edge Park I'm like I I will do this, and it's mm-hmm. su- it sucks. But I just went and did their job. I contacted yeah. the doctor's office. I contacted the nurse practitioner. I made it clear what was going on. I made it clear what they needed to do next. Then I started following up with people like I'm the assistant to like the most important person in the world. You, you know I'm mm-hmm. like you know. Dr. Diabetes says, you need to do this. Did you do it? Do it now. You know, the next day, back on the phone again. Is it done? And you'd be surprised how quickly it gets done when you're assertive like that. And and I no, wasn't No, I am not all. surprised. Yeah, I yeah. completely, because we, we went to pump class the first week of March 2020, right? And um, we were um, scheduled to do our Omnipod training, like, we were meeting the Omnipod rep at, I don't remember. It was like a Starbucks or something um, like about three weeks later after class. And it was going to be on a Monday, right? Well, the Friday before our pump training, um, the world shut down for COVID. And we got this email that like 
The kids were going to stay home from school for two weeks, yada, yada, yada. My husband works for the school system and, you know, he got a notification not to report to work on Monday morning. And the first thing I did was call our pump trainer and be like, how does this impact our pump training on Monday? <laughs> I don't care what's <laughs> happening in the world. We're doing this pump training. I was but like, yeah. we have to pump train. She was like, I can't meet with you in person. Like I've, I've got to go back to my leadership and figure out what we were doing. And I was like, okay, I need you to call me Monday morning. Obviously I'll be home. Um, and she, <laughs> yeah, again, like she was great. Um, and she was like, we're trying to figure out like how to do it. And I was like, I have everything in hand. Like, I got to tell you, if this takes too long, I'm just going to read the manual, watch YouTube videos and do it on my own. And she was like, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. Um, and she did get back with us and we, um, we actually were Omnipod's pilot for virtual training. Oh, cool. Um, and so we got on this virtual platform, not zoom. They were, I don't remember, but they were using something else. And it was so funny because you could see like other people who were watching this Mm -hmm. um and i had i gotten impatient so by the time we got on it i was like yeah yeah i've got the thing programmed can you just like look at it and make sure i programmed it correctly (laughs) they're all like god if she figures this out with youtube we're all out of a job (laughs) i know (laughs) you know i really want to tell you i appreciate um the way you are i don't know if that that's going to make sense or not but um like you're so your conversation with me today exactly mimics the way you post on the Facebook board. Oh. <laughs> and and so like you are that person. Like you're not yeah. there's no air about you. Like you're not pretending and and even what I mean about that is like your poster would appear to be to some people all over the place. I think of them as like well balanced. Um mm-hmm. like some people pick a lane and stick to it. They yell about one certain thing or they care about one certain thing or they you have a you're involved in like a myriad of conversations that that if if you what do I mean if someone looked at just one of your posts they mm-hmm. could make it they could they could look and go oh this person is leaning in this direction with their ideas or that direction but you're not you're very wow. like 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 centered but in a very good way like you're not I don't know like sometimes people say centrist with their ideas and they think of it as poor like like you don't have a real opinion one way or the other but you're no, not like I, that you're everywhere No I and- view it as you ha- you have to look at the individual right there's like there's multiple ways to address things and you have to look at the individual and what is right for that individual mm-hmm. um you know and what meets their need yeah no, right? I, so you seem like, like a common sense person to me yes right. <laughs> I, I think that's a good way to put it like right. i just you know if someone else is really happy with you know low carb and and mdi and it's working for you and you're having good outcomes keep going yeah like keep going um and i just my like and and support people where they're at, right? Because so it, if you don't come in where they're at, they can't move forward. Yeah. Like um You can't talk down at people or talk no, up or, or be talking no. up to them either. You have to you, you really do. It's such an it's a I hate cliches, but um, you know, finding somebody's 
launch point and and beginning there with them it's just it's a big deal um exactly and i'm and i'm even talking about like like just conversationally even like you'll you you know there's a post here from you that i remember like i looked you know i i i whipped through your thread like this morning like all right. all of them like everything you've posted <laughs> i just kind of ripped through it real quick and um it's it's just like you you go from like complimenting a low carb person on a meal they put together which i don't think you keep low carb right we don't. I mean, we right. occasionally, I got to be honest, we're not low carb. Right. We're just not. But um, like, and James's favorite breakfast is hot chocolate and instant oatmeal. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that oatmeal is 44 carbs and his hot chocolate is another 15 carbs. And I plug that in this PDM and it calculates. And then because I know it's what he needs. I throw another full unit of insulin on it and I put it on an extended bolus. I've got other times where I look at a meal and it's somebody has shared a low carb meal and I'm like, Hey, that looks good. Yeah. I think I want to eat that. Yeah. I might make that. That's, <laughs> like, that's that to me. That's great. Like just, you know, that you just, whatever seems to make sense in the moment it, as down to like, there's a post on here from you where you're just like, Hey, th- does anybody think like episode 514 should be an after dark? And then, oh. and you're just like joking around. Like, so you're, you're just a very, I don't know. I really don't know how to put it other than to say you feel very common sense to me. Um, and I, I think that that's, what's helping you through, you know, yeah. all, all the things that you're seeing with your, with some of your kids and, and, you know, in your schedule and your life, like it all seems well, unless you're out of your mind and you're hiding it for this. Would you, <laughs> would you cop to that now? If you were just like, Scott, I'm, I'm, I'm Probably I'm on three Adderall right now, and I'm barely mind. holding it together. <laughs> I probably am a little out of my mind. Um, but no, I mean, I, you know, it's not that I don't look at the future. It's not that my husband and I don't have forward thinking. Um, but we also are very much a like take things as they are. And like, what does, what does this moment need? What does this situation need? Um, And we have other times where, you know, like we tried a new spot for James's uh, pod last night. We changed his pod and um, he's a, he's a lean, like he's a lean little guy. There's no pudge on him. Mm -hmm. Um, We put his, um, my husband put his pod on his thigh and I, um, I don't love this site. <laughs> we had a lot of lows last night. I think it's actually that canola might actually be like pretty close to the muscle. And he's, it's like, he's absorbing that insulin very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were up multiple times last night and we temp basil back some, and we were still having low. So he gets up this morning. He's just, he's so tired and he's so cranky and he doesn't want to go to school. He wants to go back to bed. And I'm like, man, I don't want to every time be like, oh, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Like, where's the middle ground on this? Because I don't, I can see enough into the future, like a teenage boy, if I'm always caving in elementary school and middle school and high school is going to be like, oops, didn't write my paper. I better tell mom I had a rough night so I can stay home. (laughs) Um, So he was low this morning, you know, he ate his breakfast and then 
he had another 32 uncovered carbs and I was still having a little trouble getting him back up, but I was like, all right, go back to bed and we'll reassess at 10 o'clock. And, um, you know, James, we got his blood sugar back up. He slept for a little bit. And then he came downstairs a little bit after 10 o'clock and he was like, uh, it's 10 15. I think I need to go to school. Like that's the middle ground, right? right? Like let him get the extra hour of sleep because he had a crappy rough night and we woke him multiple times uh temp basil him down 10 percent for the next five hours for the school day because this site seems to be like super absorbing mm-hmm. and we'll figure out later tonight whether we're gonna just keep going a temp basil down while this pod's on or whether we're gonna move it to our typical like back of the arm or his upper buttocks yeah. like i've done exactly um, what you're talking about they're There are times when I've said to Arden, like, I don't care, get up and go. Like, you know, and there are times where I'm like, you know what, this is reasonable. You know, she, she's, you know, we got out of bed this morning and I don't know, found out that her blood sugar was higher than we wanted it to be. And I'm going to give her a bunch of insulin. She can sit here for a half an hour while I make sure that A, that this wasn't too much insulin and B, where I make sure it's working because I don't want to be. I don't want to be in the situation where an hour and a half from now I'm texting or saying like, Hey, we're going to make another large bolus, not knowing if the bolus is right. It's not in your food. Like, you know, like there's some things that are just common sense. And I, and at some yeah. points too, you got to treat them like people who need some, some comfort too, without, right. without making them into somebody who goes, Oh, I stubbed my toe. I can't do anything. Yeah. Right. And you know, and I think that's the trick, right? I, you know, I listen to some of the adults you talk to who it is interesting. There are so many of them who I hear like, yeah, my parents kind of said like, you better figure this out. This is yours to do. But they're also very protective of their parents and and they don't want to say that like they didn't have support from their parents. Um, and, and I listen to parents now who are talking about, you know, how much their kids are doing independently. I'm, I want us to, in a lot of ways, follow James's lead, but I, I don't want to baby him so much that like we get to, he wants to go to college, like on the West coast and you don't know how to do that. Or yeah, we don't know how to do that. You're shooting for the middle. Um, You're just always kind of shooting for the middle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like he, this summer he wants to go to camp. We did a family camp last summer. That was just a weekend. He loved it. He wants to go back to camp, but he wants to do the full week with the other kids without his parents. Um, so we had great conversation with the camp coordinators about like, what does he really need to be able to do independently to go to camp for seven days without a parent and what can you guys realistically do for him? Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't do his pot changes. He doesn't change his Dexcom. Like he has put the insulin in his pot a few times. He has pushed the buttons on the, you know, touch screen of his PDM a few times. Um, He usually picks his site, but he doesn't do it independently. Um, And if I say to him, like, he can finger stick himself, but he doesn't want to. So if I say to him, like, hey, James, can you do your finger stick? He's like, oh, it's so much work. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, <laughs> like, last, not, last night, 
I mean, my kid's almost 18. And last right. night, um, I, I came into the same room with her and I said, I forget what happened. She, God, I do forget what happened. Oh, she just got home from her Disney trip from school. And okay. we're, we're still in yeah. the, we're still getting her settings adjusted back because they were significantly different for walking around in the heat at Disney. Oh, I'm sure. And so we had this, you know, we, we adjusted back a little bit and, you know, it was going okay, but there were, there's more to do. And I said to her, I'm like, I just want to do a finger stick here because, you know, I want to make sure that the next thing I do is, is a hundred percent, you know, right. Um, because I think I'm right here and, you know, I want to just, I want to be done with this. So anyway, I, I'm sitting closer to her bag than she is. And I pulled out the meter, uh, the contour next one, which is available at contournext.com forward slash juice box. And I pull out the, um, the test strip and I stuck the test strip in it and I handed her the lance and the meter and there was like, I reached my hand out with it and she looked at me and we were just both staring at each other, thinking the same thing. Like you're doing this, not me. Like, you know, right. like she's looking at me right. like, I mean, I, she, she was, had her laptop open. She was watching something and I know she wanted to just like stick her hand out and get her blood sugar tested and probably stick out her middle finger for you. To I stick. just, I pushed the meter into her hand and I was like, I don't know what you think is happening here, but I'm not doing this, you, you know? Um, so right. she, she, you know there's no problem. She tested her blood sugar. Um, but there yeah. was that moment where both of us were like, you're doing this, not me, you know, and yeah. she had yeah. the same feeling. It's just, it's, it's tiresome doing stuff like that over and over and over. Well, again. and it's, you know, I've had times where I say to him like, okay, this is your carb count. Like you need to bolster yourself for dinner. And he kind of gives me the groan and I'm like, oh, like you got to do it a few times to prove you can do it at camp. Right. And yeah, I'm like, you want to do this other thing. I'm like, if you don't want to go, that's fine. Just tell me you don't want to go. But if you want to go, we need you to be able to like bolus yourself for your meals mm -hmm. and pull out your Dexcom and look at it and see what your blood sugar is. And when you're low, look at somebody at camp and be like, hey, I'm low. Like mm -hmm. I need juice or whatever. Well, and the truth um, is it's going to take those examples <clears throat> And he's going to have to do them. I mean, that, that right. that's how you figure it out. Like, I mean, listen, Arden was in Disney Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. She flew home Monday night. Um, they, they did provide a nurse who was, you know, on her Dexcom and watching her. Um, I would say probably three times the nurse, like, you know, it was usually overnight where Arden would, I have to admit, one time she dipped down to like 66. I wouldn't have done anything about it, but I understand the nurse did. Like I could tell it was coming back and um and it wasn't gonna get lower. And and Arden's the nurse told me later, even when Arden she woke Arden up and she's like, Arden, um, Arden, it's the nurse. And um Arden picked up her phone, looked at her blood sugar, and went, Why are you bothering me? I'm okay. <laughs> And she's like, no, you're 66. And Arden's like, this is going to be fine. And she said, just as she was getting ready to describe to her, look, do you see how the line's bending in the other direction? She thought, why don't I just drink some of this juice real quick and like make this lady happy and like be done yeah. with it, you know? Um, yeah. Meanwhile, the nurse was, like, she was terrific. Um, but great. that five days was a great, like, it made me feel good about like, okay, like she'll be able to go to college. Um, right. And then we have right. a, we have a situation coming up soon where Kelly and I have to be away for a number of days. And Arden's like, I'm going to stay by myself at the house. And like everything inside of you is like, no, that's not a good idea. But what I really know is that this is a perfect time to try it because at least she'll be in our house. And, you know, we have neighbors and we can set sort of little like 
we can set up some safety things she won't even know about. You, you know what I mean? Exactly. And let her try yeah. to get through it. it. It's a good practice run because she yeah. is going to go mean, to college, you know? Right. We would love to, James still goes um, to the nurse's office. Um, and we would love to progress to that, like texting with him. And he doesn't go to the nurse's office as much, but he's just not ready yet. Yeah, but I am hoping that the experience of camp, like in a, in a, really supportive environment that he wants to be in, like kind of helps him make a little step towards it. Perfect. I mean, it's perfect. Um, and if it doesn't, I mean, if camp is a flop, then the then next thing will flop and <laughs> then the next thing will help. But I mean, something of yeah. you just have to keep doing those little things. I mean, exactly. listen, Arden's either going to, you know, I, I don't know too much of a person like Arden applied to a number of colleges and then got into all of them. And so she's got her choice at the moment. And, you know, as she whittles it down, it becomes clear she's either going to go into the city or down to Georgia. And, you know, there's part of me that's like, oh, the city's only an hour away. Like, that's good. You know, because if something really went wrong, I could get there an hour. But then I thought, like, if something went that wrong, five minutes is too long. Like, forget an hour, right? So what's the difference if she's in New York or she's in Georgia? Um, well, no. and I mean, how many kids go to a school, spend a semester, spend a year, and they're like, this isn't the thing for me. And and then they like either come home and regroup or, or they know what they, you know, where they want to go and they apply to transfer somewhere. I mean, it's it's not set in stone that like any of our kids will be in that one spot for those four years. Yeah, a lot mm-hmm. of things are going to happen. So you have to take advantage of the opportunities to practice. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. much it, right? It, it's yeah. doing the same oh, thing and, and figuring it out, how to how to handle it. And you're going to. I mean, these kids, anybody who's listening, the kid's not going to live with you forever. So you, hopefully, you, yeah, to <laughs> take advantage of those situations, you know. Um, yeah. Irene, I'm having too good of a time talking to you. So if I don't just say goodbye, we're not going to stop. So, um, we're done. Okay. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything that you wanted to say that I didn't bring up? Yeah. It's funny because I initially reached out about the nurse thing. Like you've mentioned multiple times that nurses seem to have a harder time. And, um, and I, I think you're right. And I, I, um, I think nurses have to remember to, you know, as they're advocating for their child, right. They have to advocate for themselves because we go to nursing school and we learn a little bit about a ton of different things, but we don't hone in on any particular thing. And then as we start our careers, we do tend to specialize like labor and delivery, critical care. um, And we don't have a ton of exposure to type one. We, we, most of us probably see a few type ones, but not tons of them. And then the other thing we have to remember is that the diabetics that we do come in contact with, especially if we work in the hospital, right. Are not, they're not representative of everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have to Um, learn how to kind of separate those fears. Like not everyone that I saw in a wound care center represented the overwhelming majority of adult diabetics. Right. Um, And then I think we struggle too, because 
the way we see things managed in the hospital is not what day-to-day home management looks like. And because we have familiarity with um, hospital-based management, sometimes home management is uncomfortable um, and it's very different. And then you have to learn how to compartmentalize, right? I can't take the style of management that I use with my son and then use it with patients in the hospital, but I can take understanding the importance of a CGM or an insulin pump or carb counting and advocate for my patients in the hospital. Um, this has really caused me to become a huge advocate in my own hospital. Um, we now put CGMs on newly diagnosed patients before they leave the hospital. Wow. Good for you. Um, and we have, we always had a way for patients to keep their pumps, but we didn't necessarily advertise it. And so now we're doing a better job of saying, if we want someone to take their pump off of explaining why we want, not just because we're not comfortable with it, but Mm -hmm. what's going on in this situation that we're asking you to come off your pump um, or coming in and asking them being more proactive to say like, you're here because you were in a motor vehicle accident. We're a trauma center and you have a fracture and we need to place that bone. We see you're on a pump. Did you want to stay on your pump? Um, and it, it is hard. And, and it's um, cause there's an assumption that you're just, you're just going to know what to do and you don't, and then you feel paralyzed by it. Um, it and you have to separate what hospital management looks like and hospital complications with what your life with T1D being the parent or being the individual yourself is going to look like. Right. Well, that's great. And you and you put that effort in at your own institution and you didn't have much trouble getting those changes made? Um, I think I was at an advantage in the position that I held that I have di- like direct regular contact with executive leadership. And I was able to come back and say to them, like, I would just really love the opportunity to sit down and share my experience as a newly diagnosed parent with you. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I think we could do differently. Um, And it it didn't happen overnight. Sure. Um, You know, but it was information sharing, um, and, and being able to talk with other families and then, um, the leadership of our pediatric department, being able to go back to our our endocrinologist group and say, Hey, you know, how do we look at this? And some of it became like education with, um, you know, like I got called one night that there was a T1D patient who was adamant about keeping their pump and the trauma resident was like, Oh, no way are we doing that. And I was able to come up and like sit down with that resident and say, this is why your patient wants to keep their pump. This is why trying to push them off of their pump is not a good idea. And let me give you some personal perspective Mm. in this situation. Yeah. Um, And look, like they have, they also have this Dexcom. And so you're going to be, you're actually going to have more information. You're going to be able to walk in at any point and be like, Hey, what's your blood sugar look like? And they're going to be able to answer that question for Mm -hmm. you. Yeah. Um, I I thought a lot of your stories today um, revolved around 
not just doing things the way they're always done because they're always done that way. Like, like yeah. seriously, there's, it's a main theme running through how you, how you impacted all of this. And it's just, it just shows the, I mean, I guess the, the, I don't want to call it pushback, but the answers you got back from a number of different people along the way just were very reflective of, well, this is how it's done. I don't ask any right. questions. This is just what we do, you know? And um, right. it's so important to, to follow common sense and to sometimes have to show it to other people. And, 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 and if you can give a logical explanation, right? Like why, you know, like in the hospital, if I can explain to the bedside nurse or to the resident or to a director of a unit, why it's actually in their best interest to let this patient keep their CGM and keep their pump. Right. Like, why is it an advantage for you? It's better care for them. Oh, and because healthcare is a business, whether we like it or not in America, healthcare is a business. Why you're going to have a more satisfied customer um, being part of it too, then you can start to win people over. Yeah. Well, there's a lot yeah. of good reasons to do it. And I guess I've you- also had a situation where I've gone to an emergency call and walked in a room and the patient is completely unresponsive and we're not quite sure why they're responsive. And I have physically taken their pump off of them. Like this patient can no longer manage their pump. We don't know what's going on. The pump is going away. You have to start, like, you have to start over again at that point. Yeah. 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 Well, that's a completely yeah. different situation, but yeah, that makes sense as well. Yeah. All right. That's it. All right, Irene, listen, I would tell you that, um, you, you are a very common sensey person. I like it a lot. I would say something like if you ever, you know, uh, need a new husband and both of us are in the, in the bum to look me up, but I got to be honest with you. I'm not raising your 75 kids, so it doesn't matter to me. You're on your own. Okay. Um, but I, I love talking to you. I really did. Thank you. Of course. Thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, it was great. A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. You spell that G-V-O-K-E-G-L-U-C-A-G-O-N.com forward slash juice box. And don't forget to find Touched by Type 1 at touchedbytype1.org and on Facebook and Instagram. Last but not least, the private Facebook group, Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. It's worth your time. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.